Okay, we're back. Three walls and a BLP. You're getting two episodes this week, back-to-back, with our favorite guests. Last night, we talked hoops with Starkey. Tonight, it's our annual Oscars pod. We only have one of our resident movie experts, one of our big-time movie boys, because the other one decided to take a vacation to Mexico and said, fuck you guys. I don't care about your podcast. I don't care about movies. You can all suck my dick. That was Jordan Aarons. He's not with us. He's in Mexico. But we have our favorite movie expert, number one in our books, Spencer Snyderman. Thank Spence, you. Thank you. What's going happy, on? Happy to be here. I would never be in Mexico during Oscars week. I'm locked in. I'm focused. I've, I've been watching movie after movie. I'm ready to go. Couldn't be me. Couldn't be me. <laughs> and especially couldn't be me flying back during the Oscars from Mexico. Oh, no. Could, I, I, hope I, on, like, I hope he's on JetBlue where you get like the free direct TV. I hope he's not. I hope he's flying spirit. I hope he's flying spirit and he has no access. He's in the middle seat. Yep. (laughs) But no, Jordan, we love you. We miss you. He did text me his picks and his thoughts. So we'll get a little bit of Jordan, but it's, it's not the same, but we're going to, we're going to plow on through. We're going to plow on through. So Oscars are Sunday, March 27th. That's right. Yes. Yep. Today's 25th. That would make sense. Um, Jordan always tries to see everything that's nominated, and I believe he did this year again. This year, I tried to make a conscientious effort to get everything that I could. I failed again. Really crept up on me. Hey, you got two more days. Got two more days. I'll try and knock out the rest of the best picture ones, but uh, we'll see. Uh, Spence, I know you saw all of the best picture noms and a good handful of the other ones that are nominated. That's right. So before we get into like – the main categories and talk about like what we think our thoughts and picks and stuff like that. What give me your summary on the year 2021 in movies. The year 2021 in movies seemed to be. Um, I know I kind of put you on the spot with that one. No, it's okay. I, I like it. I think like looking back at kind of all the movies that are here, a lot of, especially the best picture nominees seem to be kind of contemplative, reflective, dramas in a lot of ways and i think you know the oscars and the academy are looking for ways to attract a new audience uh, a younger audience and i don't know if these are the movies that are going to do it that being said i did enjoy many of these movies i didn't love most of them i liked pretty much all of them um but i don't feel super passionately about more than a handful which is really unfortunate and i think um I don't know what it is. I think a lot of these movies were made at the very beginning of COVID too. So there was maybe some restrictions and some um, just certain emotions that the the creators were feeling at the time. So um, it's going to be interesting to look back a couple of years from now and and look at these movies and see like, how did the time that we were living in impact the the films that were being made? And um, I think it's too soon to say at this point, but um, we'll see. We'll see if it could age well, it could age poorly. Yeah, I agree with that a hundred percent because if you, I mean, you look at like the best picture nominations, they're all like super heavy, serious topics with the exception of like licorice pizza and Dune, but like they all like have like some serious like depth and weight and feelings associated with them. And the Oscars, like we love the Oscars. We're big movie guys, but like they have been, solely lacking in viewership and caring from like the general public for so many years. And 
trying to get that like audience back and getting people to care that like aren't big time movie people this year isn't the year for that no it's not and i know they're trying to i know they they cut the eight categories that us movie people are i mean i i personally i need to go on the record and say i think it's an absolute travesty oh it's it's such a sham like it's it's fucking crazy yeah i mean like i think hans zimmer is probably going to win for the best score um which is great because i do love that score for the movie the movie itself i know we have some mixed feelings on that we'll we'll talk about later but um the score is fantastic and um, it'll be really cool to see him win the award however we won't get to see it. i mean we'll see clips of it i guess but yeah. we won't actually see it and i think it's a shame I, I think there's a lot of things that need to be fixed i mean this should be the honor of the art form and this and cinema and it's just not that they're going the opposite direction and like i think like there's a big debate about should best stunts be included, like best stunt person or best stunt ensemble. That's a huge part of these movies too. Um, so you're cutting out a lot of really important, not that that was cut because that was never a category, but it should be a category. It should um, be 100%. And it's just this, this, this trend of kind of consolidating the actual cinematic elements of it, which is juxtaposed against the actual films that are kind of going in the less popular direction like there's not not a lot of these movies were popular movies that were seen by a ton of people some of them were especially now yeah. that we got some streaming movies you know there's a lot of access which is great but um yeah it's interesting yeah and, and i like what you said about the stunt be, not being an option because i think the general public of like movie watchers are like the people that just like oh they turn on a movie just to like pass the time and be entertained they don't think that like these like big time like not action type movies have stunts or like stunt doubles or people that kind of like stand in and certain things every single movie that you are watching that's produced by hollywood and like put in the theaters or put on a streaming service has stunt doubles so by the academy not recognizing those people you're literally cutting out half of the people that put their efforts into this movie like what you see the nominations for like um editing direct like picture screenplay there's like six people like listed with those nominations so just think of that times like a hundred with like stunt actors stunt doubles like stunt coordination because not only are you having the stunt actors but you're having the people that are designing the stunts for those stunt actors and the actual actors themselves which it feels like those people just get kind of left by the wayside it's like you don't think of that in when you're watching the movie and then you kind of like, maybe sometimes you'll see like a, a clip of it online of like the stunt doubles in the training and things like that. But it's really an afterthought to the general public. And I think if the Academy gave that like a platform, it would be so much more recognized and those people could get their shine and get the recognition that they deserve. 100%. I mean, these movies, it takes a village to to make any of this happen. And exactly. I mean, even, even anybody who wins for best acting, like or you nobody's winning a best acting award without a good director without a good sound mixer without a good score i mean you could win without a good score i suppose but you know there's there's so many elements that kind of have to all come together and work for any of these things to be recognized and i think uh, i think reducing the the like focus and the exposure of some of these less popular categories is 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 not good. <laughs> no, I not don't. Good I don't support it. But I, I understand why they're doing it. I don't know if it's going to be effective. Hopefully, it is. Maybe I guess. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, it it, it is because like regardless of if you're a big time movie person or not, the one thing you can always say about the Oscars is it's too long and too bloated. 
Mm-hmm. And that, that stinks because there's so many things like you want to see, like you want to see all of the awards and you want them to get their time on this, on the podium to like give their thanks and everything like that. But then like, you're like, they need to like chop it up a little bit. And I thought not having a host for a couple of years would clean that up and like expedite the process. And it did to an extent, but then again, this year they just went back to a host and it's three hosts. So three it's hosts. like you, so you're having three possible monologues. You're going to be filling so much time with them. I personally wouldn't hate if they just cut the musical numbers total. Yeah. Like you play like a little clip of the song before the the uh, award is announced, like you do for the actor, stuff like that. I don't think we need six feature songs performed on live TV. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's that's that's the tough part. It's like you want them to get their shine because maybe the general public didn't see that movie and you want them to get their music out and things like that. But it's like that's just so much time right there that you're just devoting just to that where you're not progressing the show or progressing the awards. I agree. I mean, as a movie fan, I would love a six hour Oscars. Just give me everything. But I understand that that is that that is not appealing to the general public. No. But also on the flip side, like when you have Beyonce nominated for a song, how can you not? want Beyonce to perform in your show, right? I mean, yeah, I, I love Beyonce as much as the next person. I don't really care if she performs in the Oscars or not, um, but that is going to be a draw. People will watch just to see Beyonce perform. So yeah. it's kind of a, you know, double. It's a real catch 22. Like, yeah. what do you cut out? What do you keep? Like, it, it's, it's very tough. And I don't envy the people that are making those decisions. No, no. I just wish that we could come to like a consensus and like uh, a two hour Oscars would be perfect. I want it to be like everybody get their shine, things like that. But how do you balance that out? You know, that's the tough part. Right. I mean, I can sit here and complain and armchair quarterback all day. Um, You know, who knows, who knows what's best, Um, but we can just hope it's the best it can be. Yeah. And and I I will say I did like, so a couple of years ago, they're like, Oh, we'll give like the most popular movie, like its own award. And then they cut that out real quick because everybody was like, "Mm, what, what are we doing? And then they did like the Twitter vote thing this year, which is like, it, I think that's a step in the right direction. Yeah. But with caveats, like Spider-Man No Way Home should win that. Yeah. But for so long, it was Cinderella, uh, Amazon Cinderella <laughs> that was leading. <laughs> because and, like, I mean, people are trolling and people are like hacking and. Right. It's just, it, this is 100%. Like- no disrespect to the people that made that movie. Camila Cabello is great. Billy Porter is great. I'm sure it was a great movie. I didn't see it, but you're fucking high off your rocker if that is the favorite movie over Spider Man No Way Home or Shang-Chi or any of like the big ticket like blockbusters that came out this year. You're no, fucking it- high. Yeah, there's got to be there's got to be a better way to actually like source this information. I mean, yeah. if it goes off box office alone, well, I guess you can't do box office because you have <laughs> streaming now. So there's really no way. I mean, again, I don't envy the people who are it's making tough, yeah. because I don't know what's right. Uh, I can point out things that I think are wrong, <laughs> as I have been doing. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know the answer. Yeah. Academy, call us up. We'll give yeah. you some thoughts for next year. <laughs> we'll have a brainstorm. Yeah. Bring it. Bring it up. We'll, we'll have a meeting. Um, okay, we've talked enough about the state of movies, the state of the Oscars, things like that. Let's get into some of the awards. I think we should focus on kind of the major awards. So, uh, like actor, actress, cinematography, screenplay, picture, director, anything else that we kind of like some wild cards, things like that. Yeah. Um, so Spence, last year you kind of led our discussion with, I forget the website that you went off of, like with order. So what, 
you, I'm sure you probably have that up as well to go this year because sure you're do. just you're just you're you're our goat. You're our movie goat, and I can <laughs> say that because Jordan's not here. So Jordan, you're our second movie goat. You're very far. You're you're the LeBron to his MJ. We won't tell him. We won't tell him you said so. No, um, he'll he'll listen and figure it out. <laughs> I hope. Uh, so what do you want to switch? What does the website say we should start? Yeah, with? so I'm I'm looking at goldderby.com. Gold um, yeah, I think one maybe one place to start. I think because this is this is something I value pretty highly in movie is is, is the production design, and I know it's not okay. necessarily an award that we everybody like cherishes the most, but I think a good production design can really help with a good movie. Um, you know, putting the actors in the scene that they're in and um, helping the, the viewer kind of understand where they're at, what time they're at, everything like that. So um, the nominees for production design this year, and according to, I'm going to read them off in the Gold Derby um, order of what they predict of the odds. Mm -hmm. So they predict Dune will win Best Production Design, followed by Nightmare Alley, West Side Story, The Tragedy of Macbeth, and The Power of the Dog. Um, I love these nominations. I think all of these nominations are very fitting and I think it's a good place to start for our discussion because um, I think all of these are really deserving of production design. A lot of them, if not all of them, well, I guess Tragedy Macbeth's the one that didn't film <clears throat> on, on location anywhere, but Dune, Nightmare Alley, West Side Story, Power of the Dog, all filmed on location in a real environment um, that really lent to the actual feel of the movie and making you feel like you're, you're a part of it, you're there in that story, in that time. Um, particularly, <clears throat> I didn't love the movie Nightmare Alley. I didn't hate it. I gave it like a 70 something out of 100. I, I liked it a lot. A little slow, a little boring for me, but the production design is what really struck me with this movie. Um, yeah. I didn't get to see it in black and white, which apparently makes a big difference too. But um, the production design of just like the little, the carnival that they go to and uh, that the movie starts in and just just everything just puts you in that like time frame of golden age of Hollywood type, um, like a movie that could have came out in the 1930s, right? Um, yeah. And I think they did a fantastic job with the production design there. The other one I wanted to call out here was Tragedy of Macbeth, because I don't think that movie got a lot of love uh, in the Academy, uh, which is fine. Again, wasn't my favorite movie. I also gave it like a 70 something out of 100, which is probably the ceiling for a legitimate Shakespeare adaptation for me. Yeah. Oh, 100% I don't know agree. what they're saying. I, I can pick up one out of every five words, maybe. Um, yeah. But I still got the I got the vibes and the production design kind of help tell that story too um so i thought i thought that was great so that, that's kind of my my initial thoughts on production design they do have dune winning um again i think great production design um whether you like the plot or not which i know you did not <laughs> um i didn't love the plot either but um the production design is 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 worthy i think yeah so i'll, I'll save my super hot takes for dune until we get to best picture um because judging just based on the few things that Spence has said to me about Dune on this podcast already, you all can probably guess that I did not like it at all, which you'd be right. But I will give credit where it's due. The score, like, we'll get into score sound, things like that later in a little bit. The production design was beautiful for that movie. And I'm only going to speak to the movies I've seen. So I didn't get a chance to see Nightmare Alley or Tragedy of Macbeth yet. But just from the little bits of it that I've seen in trailers, clips, things like that, you can get a feel for the production design and appreciate it. Like, Tragedy of Macbeth is it's a Shakespeare movie. So you go into that, you have to know that that's Shakespeare. Like, if you don't like Shakespeare or don't like Old English or don't like those types of movies, don't see it. Which I think is great that it's on streaming because you have to make the choice to see it. And I did love the choice from what I saw on like previews and things like that to go black and white with it. 
because I feel like that just gave it that kind of like edge and like just perfectness of that story because that's a story as old as time. Like everybody knows this tragedy of Macbeth and just choosing to shoot how they did black and white again from a distance. Cause I haven't seen it yet. Looked beautiful from everything I saw. Um, I'll talk about the two that you didn't speak on West Side Story and Power of the Dog. I thought both of those movies were so beautifully shot and just like everything about them worked very well. Like West Side Story, you really, they made that part of New York feel so real and so vibrant and so alive that you felt like you were kind of in it with the people in the movie. Like you were just like along for the ride, but just a spectator the entire time. And the part that this, the part that stuck out to me was the dance scene at the gym. Like one of the most famous scenes in movie history. And I thought they absolutely nailed it. I thought it was beautiful. It was very true to the original, very true to the Broadway play from what I've heard, but just gave it that little extra pizzazz of like that 21st century touch. Like, Oh, we can like, we can spruce this up. We can spruce up the colors. We can spruce up the, the aesthetic of the gym. And I loved it. Uh, I also loved power of the dog because it literally felt like you were just in the middle of fucking nowhere, Montana, wherever. And just like on that ranch in that house, isolated from everything. Very beautiful. They did a very good job building that up to sit in that time period, regardless of how you think of the movie, which is very divisive, I feel like, but it was just, it looked so real, so pure and like so true to that time period. I do also feel like Dune's going to win because they just, from a technical standpoint, I felt like they knocked everything out of the park. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think it's funny what you said about Power of the Dog, too, because it wasn't filmed in Montana. It was filmed in New Zealand, where which was one of the only places they could film during COVID. But I agree. It, they did a fantastic job of making it feel authentic to, you know, the American West at the time. So um, I I agree with your all of your comments. I have a lot to say about West Side Story and Power of the Dog, particularly, and I will save those two um, our best picture discussion. Um, I particularly have a really, really bold statement about West Side Story, but I'll, I'll, I'll pocket that. Ooh. You were stay tuned. <laughs> That's what we call a tease in the business, folks. Um, so I think we both think Dune is going to win. Who's like kind of the dark horse that you would think in this one? I mean, I, I would think, say West Side Story yeah. to me. Yeah. But West Side, I would love if West Side Story won that. I do think the dark horse. And it's not even that Dark Horse, I guess it has the second best odds, but I do think Nightmare Alley has a shot. Yeah. Um, obviously, the Academy likes it more than we thought because it got a Best, pick, best Picture nominee, um, which I don't think was really expected by anyone. Um, so obviously, there's some love for it, which is really great. Um, so I think it, it definitely has a shot. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Even though I haven't seen it, it, it just feels like that would be like one of those technical awards that it could win. Because yeah. Guillermo del Toro movies just always look perfect for what they're supposed to be in yeah in my opinion master of his craft yeah absolutely okay so we're both going doing a production design what does golden derby have next for us um we could uh i mean we already kind of talked about score we could talk about score next yeah you want to do what you want to do an acting then go we'll we'll go back to score and then back sure you want to do supporting supporting actress which yeah supporting actress i think is a good pick okay so nominees for that are Kirsten Dunst, Power of a Dog, Jesse Buckley, Lost Daughter, Ariana DeBose, West Side Story, Judy Dench, Belfast, and Anjane Ellis, King Richard. I, I apologize. I'm sure I butchered that name. I think it's Anjane or on. Yeah, it's Anjane. 
Oh, oh Jeanette, what a, yeah. Um, so those are your nominees. I the betting odds for this me are showing that it's not even a contest. Ariana DeBose is a minus sixteen hundred favorite. Yeah. Next closest is Kirsten Dunst for Capire the Dog at plus six hundred. I personally don't see a world where Ariana DeBose does not win this. She was so fucking good in West Side Story, capturing the heart of Anita and just bringing a whole new life to it, so to speak. Because if you've seen the original picture, it's like Anita is kind of like the heart and soul of that movie, I would say. She carries the story a little bit. She shows that personality. She shows the heartbreak. And this might be a hot take, but I would maybe say that maybe Ariana DeBose carried that a little bit better than Rita Moreno. Uh, it's very hot take. I mean, Rita Moreno's performance was phenomenal. I loved her in the original. And that Anita is the true Anita, but I think Ariana DeBose is right up there as like 1A, 1B with Anita. Yeah. Well, um, and Rita Moreno won the Oscar for, won the Best Supporting Actress Oscar for West Side Story. So it'd be yeah. really fascinating if we could have, you know, two of this for the same role winning the Oscar, which is great. And and if it happens, I agree, would be completely deserved. Yeah. Uh, the, the other thing I'll say, so Kirsten Dunst, I thought was okay in Power of the Dog. I didn't, I wasn't too thrilled with her performance it was very solid like she she was the fourth best actor in that movie from that that which like granted there was maybe like five six main actors in that movie. so like it's you're also going up against benedict cumberbatch jesse Plemons, and cody smith mcfay who had great performances so that's nothing to like throw your hat at but i don't see how she's the second favorite for this uh nomination yep um yeah i mean honest i i agree i i thought she was i thought she was great but i don't think the role was great i don't i don't know and again i mean like i said i'll i didn't love power of the dog so um and i will talk more about that later but something about the role just didn't quite work for me i think she did what she was what was asked of her really well so i get why she's nominated yeah Um, i wouldn't put her second either out of these nominees i'd I'd actually put jesse buckley probably number two um, I really, I did like Jesse Buckley quite a bit. I, I like her in everything she's done, but she was particularly good in, in The Lost Daughter. And I think that was another surprise nomination too, which I was really pleasantly surprised to see her on the list. Yeah, that's one of the, the movies I didn't get a chance to see. And she actually has the longest odds at plus 3,500. Um, I'm going to pivot and say Judy Dench for Belfast. Well, she was great. I didn't get the actor love for Belfast that the Academy did. I thought her and, and we'll get to this in supporting actor, but I thought her and Sierra and Hobbs were great. Like fine. I didn't see what brought them to be nominated for an Oscar. It was that there were very good performances. I just yeah. didn't see that extra thing. Whereas like every, all of these other nominees that I saw, I could see like Anjane Ellis was phenomenal in King Richard. I yeah. loved her in that role. That, and this is, obviously the first thing I've seen her in. She has such range and such talent to go toe to toe with Will Smith for an entire movie. Who's probably one of the better actors of our time. Doesn't get the respect he deserves, I think, but she was right there with him beat for beat challenged him perfectly in that, in that role. And then as a as an actor, actress as well. So she's probably my second pick for that. Like if I'm looking for a dark horse, I would take her. She's at plus 1800 odds. So a little bit of value there. Yep. But it's tough to go against Ariana DeBose. Yeah, no, I, I I agree with everything you said. Judy Judy Dench, I mean, she does have a gravitas that no one else really can have. But 
I don't know if it was even fully utilized in the movie. So um, I, I don't, you know, she has the name power. Of course, it, it's not surprising that she was nominated, but she definitely was not on my personal top five list either. Yeah. I think she's on that same plane now with like Meryl Streep or like if she's in a big movie that like gets a little bit of a word buzz, she's going to get a, an acting nom, which yeah. no hate, nothing against yeah. it. You deserve it. But the person that I would probably say got snubbed that I would replace with, and this is a very hot take. We texted about this a little bit, but Rita Moreno in West Side Story 2021 as Doc's wife, I thought that was like side sealed delivered perfect for the Academy to be like, hey, we love honoring old actors that come back to like similar roles. Why not give it to the same actress from a different from the same movie in a different role, but still has the same pull? And she was great in her role as Doc's wife. Granted, there's a little bit of divisiveness with changing the, the role of Doc and giving her somewhere. It's it's tough, but I, I did kind of like the little twist there with that. It took me a little, it took me like halfway through the movie to like really realize that, like, oh wait, where's Doc? And then I'm like, Doc's wife. Yeah. That's Rita Moreno. Get it perfect so that's kind of like maybe the one snub i would say or like the surprise to me yeah but i also kind of get it i i mean i agree i thought she was great i did i actually did like that change um i think i think it worked for the most part overall um and i agree if she was on the list i'd be happy um i think the the snubs for me not snubs necessarily but the ones that i the performances i preferred the ones that stood out to me most um i actually only have Ariana DeBose on my list. I don't have the other four on my list at all for my top five. So Ooh. the rest of my top five, and some of them are ridiculous, I think. But um, one of them is Marley Marlin. Oh my gosh. I don't know. Marley Matlin, I think her name is. I think I spelled it wrong on my list. Marley Matlin from Coda. Um, she played okay. the mom in Coda. She was great. And I think it was a really great showcase for her. Um, so she's on my list. I also have Toko Miura, who played the driver in Drive My Car. She, I thought okay. she was great she was really solid um and then the, the last two might be a little uh kind of out of left field but to me they worked really well one is riley keogh from the movie zola which got no love which Ooh. zola was actually one of my favorite movies of 2021 i thought it worked really well from taking this twitter story uh that kind of blew up like years and years ago into and turning it into a really actual fun tangible wild movie um and riley keogh was kind of the, one of the driving forces for that and she kind of walked this line of being like i, I think she was at risk of putting together an offensive performance. Like it could yeah. have gone really poorly, but I think she towed that line just right and um, <laughs> did really well. So I wish she got more love. And then also <laughs> Emma Thompson and Cruella. I know she was doing like the Meryl Streep bit, um, but it worked. <laughs> I don't know. I really liked her in that movie. Yeah, I, I agree. I've only seen a couple of those movies, but I agree a hundred percent. Like those, I, I would have, wouldn't have had a problem with any of them being nominated over the secondary actresses in this, this category behind Ariana DeBose. Yep. So I, th I think we're on the same page there. Awesome. Yep. Um, okay, cool. So do we want to move on to, want to go back to score? Yeah, let's hit score. All right. So uh, I, I can read off these nominees, the nominees for score. Um, where are they? Oh, here we go. Uh, the nominees for score are Don't Look Up, Dune, Encanto, Parallel Mothers, and The Power of the Dog. Um, I will say I have not seen Parallel Mothers. It is one of two movies that are like major nominees this year that I have not yet seen. 
I'm trying yeah. to watch this weekend before. Um, it's the, the two I haven't seen are Parallel Mothers and the what's it called? The worst person, the worst person in the world. So working on those the two foreign films. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I watched Drive My Car. You know, gotta they, give me. They put that on HBO Max, which is very smart of them. That's true. Yeah, that's where I watched it. Um, anyway, so score. I, I think the favorite for this is Dune. It's Hans Zimmer, the legend himself. Um, I think very deserved. I don't think it's his best score, um, but I do think it is probably the best score of the year. I have listened to it multiple times. Um, I remember sitting in the Dolby Theater and watching that movie, and that sound and that score just truly just washes over you. Um, and it may be uncomfortable at times. I think that's kind of part of what they're going for. It's a little abrasive, um, but it works. It works for the story and it works for that, like the scene that you're in. So I thought it's really great. Uh, the Power of the Dog, again, didn't love that movie, but the score is beautiful. And I hear that theme all the time. Um, and the theme is perfect for that movie. It's like not exactly what you would expect out of like a Western movie. It's a little disconcerting. Like it's, it's a little, you know, a little scary, a little horror element to it um so i think that's really great uh the remaining three for me Encanto, don't look up parallel Mo- again parallel Mo- i haven't seen parallel mothers but Encanto, don't look up i couldn't pick that score out of anything so, not, yeah exactly not at all the fact that they are nominated i was like mm, i could couldn't call that score out of a lineup if they played them all for me yeah um i i think so one of the few things i liked out of dune was the visuals the production design and the score. The score was so powerful for that movie that it carried a lot of weight in my rating of it. Like this, those three things that I named are the only reasons why I gave this like any measly <laughs> part of a good score. Yeah. Um, and I'll get into more of that later. But it's like you said, like even when you watch the trailer for Dune and they only gave you like that little bit of the score, like that little taste, you felt it like right there. You're like, oh, sh-. like. It, maybe not goosebumps but like you felt like you're like oh okay like that that get grabbed your attention even if you weren't crazy about the story or you weren't super familiar with it the way they like tease that score and utilized it in the film i thought was phenomenal it was so well done Hans zimmer is so talented obviously but i i think dune's gonna win that i think it's not even close uh power of the dog like you said was very different from typical Westerns, but very familiar at the same time. Um, so I think those are the two that are going up with it, yeah. but it's to me, it's Dune. And that is saying a lot for how much I dislike that movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's even more, uh, even more credit. <laughs> yeah, I think, absolutely. I even look back at some of the, the, like the movies I saw last year or from last year. And like, there's not even really any other scores that really stand out to me. I mean, no. I personally listen to Spider-Man No Way Home score quite a bit, but yeah. I, I'm fine with it not being nominated. I get it. Although Michael Giacchino, absolute king, absolute king, especially in the Batman. Oh my goodness. That talk about talk about score that just washes over you when you're watching it. That one just just oh my goodness. We're gonna need another podcast to talk about the Batman because <laughs> I have so many thoughts. Uh and but well. We're getting sidetracked. That's that's for next year's Oscars. Next although time. I think it came out too early to be in contention. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All right, cool. Um, do we want to move back to best supporting actor? Yeah, let's do that. I'll uh, I'll read off the nominees here. We got fr- two from Power of the Dog. We've got Jesse Plemons and Cody Smith McPhee uh, from Belfast. I already mentioned Siren Hines. I'm also butchering that name. I'm sure. It's, I think it's Kieran. Kieran. Kieran Hines. 
Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, Coda has Troy Kotsper. And then being the Ricardo's J.K. Simmons. So I haven't seen being the Ricardo's or Coda, but everybody is saying that it's going to be Troy Kotsper. And from what I've heard, it's not even close and it makes sense. Uh, so I'll speak to, and I kind of hinted at this when we talked about supporting actress with uh, Judy Dench, but Kieran Hines, Hines was great in that role. It just, it wasn't, like we said, it wasn't fully utilized, I thought, with the acting talent or that character to kind of give me that, like, oh, he should be up for an Oscar. Um, and I'm trying to think of some snubs that I thought. Uh, uh, actually, I can think of some, and I'll get into that in a second. But talking about the two from Power of the Dog, yeah, Jesse Plumas was great in that he got so far out shad- overshadowed by Cody Smith-McPhee that sometimes I forgot he was in that movie. Like Cody Smith McPhee and Benedict Cumberbatch carried that movie so well that there were times where I was like, Oh, this is just a two person cast. Um, Yeah. I think, I think I agree. I mean, Jesse Plemons, he was good. Very good. I really love Jesse Plemons. I don't think this is his best performance and I don't think he would say it's his best performance because it's not his best role. I mean, it's just, it's a small part. Exactly. Um, It's it's not that impactful of a part. I mean, it's impactful, I guess, but it's not like compared to some of his other roles, it's not that impactful of a part. Um, I yeah. think this is one of those that like the Academy he's becoming an Academy darling a little bit. And I think mm-hmm. they wanted to just kind of keep him in, in the, get him in the family, I guess, of, yep. of Oscar nominees. Um, so I get and, it. And I will say from the initial trailers that I saw of Power of the Dog before watching it, I thought Jesse Plumas was going to have a much more prominent role. I think they, yeah. the trailers kind of portrayed him to be more of a significant part. Not to say he wasn't, but up until it came out and then it started being like, oh, Cody Smith McPhee was phenomenal. I was like, he's the, like the, the main supporting actor. Like, really? I like I thought he would just play like kind of a smaller role, like drive the story, but not like really blow my hair off. Yeah. And then after watching it, it's like so evident that he is the nub. Like you, I granted Benedict Cumberbatch should be nominated for best actor, but it's kind of close to see who's the, like the lead actor in that movie. Mm-hmm. at some points yeah um but i'll let you speak to uh toy cosper and jk simmons I just, like jk simmons he's just whatever he does he's phenomenal and it's and hard it, to find a bad jk simmons movie well that's that's the thing again it's kind of similar to jesse plemons like jk simmons is always great i love him this is not his best role this no. is not and again he would say the same thing it's a, it's a small part it's a less impactful part he has like two monologues um that probably got him I think people just love him and that's great. And uh, I don't think this movie was as beloved as it potentially could have been, which is fine. Cause I didn't really love it either. Um, I'm happy for him. I don't think he's going to win, but you know, it'll be great to see his, his smiling face in the audience on, a, on Oscars night. But Troy Kotzer is my winner in this. I think he's going to win. I think he deserves to win. He is fantastic. Like watching Coda, he is like the soul of the movie. Um, he, he, he just stands out like head and shoulders above like anyone else in, in that cast, anyone else this year. I, I don't even, I can't even really explain what it, I watched this movie a really long time ago when it first came out. So trying to like remember the exact moments, but there were specific moments I remember being, oh, wow, this guy, like <laughs> this guy I've never heard of before. I really like him. <laughs> so um, I'm rooting for him. I, I think it's great. Cody Smith McPhee, unfortunately, like, I get, I get the hype. It just didn't work for me. I don't know. I, I don't really know what to say about it. He was. It's a very divisive role. I feel like like you're either gonna love it or like just be like mm, good. 
And I agree. I actually really loved Benedict Cumberbatch's performance. That's one of the things I did like about the movie. And Cody Smith McPhee, like, I totally get what they were doing. And I think he did what he was asked really well. It didn't work for me. So, which makes sense. That 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 movie is very like you're going to absolutely love it, or you're going to have a lot of problems with it, but like certain things in it. Yeah, which totally we'll right. get to with Best Picture. Sure. Um, yeah. uh, so the couple of snubs that I thought. Both come from West Side Story. Uh, the actor that played Bernardo, I'm blanking on his name, and then Mike Feist that played Riff. Yeah. It took me a little bit uh, to truly appreciate both of their roles because I believe I texted you this after I saw it. I thought that they were both kind of underutilized as opposed to the original film. And then, like, the more I thought about it, the more I, like, thought back to the movie. It's, like, the way they did play the ro- those roles in kind of a diminished role but not really just spoke volumes to me and especially mike feist and, and riff i think he got a lot less um screen time than the original riff actor did but the times that he was on camera he knocked out of the park and i think that comes from him being a traditional like broadway actor very committed to his craft very talented and i Thinking back, I think outside of Ariana DeBose and Rachel Zegler, which we'll get into, uh, I thought he was one of the best parts of that movie. And I loved a lot about that movie, like a lot. I I totally agree. Mike Feist is actually my number four favorite supporting actor performance of the year. Uh, Agreed. He did a lot with a diminished role. Um, He did a lot with a role that traditionally is kind of seen as the hero of the movie in a lot of ways, or one of not maybe the hero, but like a fan favorite. Um, Yeah. And they kind of turned him into somewhat of a, a villain in some ways. I mean, not necessarily a villain, but he's he's a more complicated character, more complex. He, he's much more layered than he has been in any previous version. And I yes. think Mike Feist really nailed that. You really saw the charm of him and you saw like the little like little brat side of him too, the, the spoiled brat kind of thing. Yeah, and um, it, it's tough for that too because a lot of his scenes were with Ansel Elgort's Tony, who is the main character, like the main actor in that movie. But when you watch that with those two together, Mike Feist is absolutely bodying Ansel Elgort from a a talent performance, like every single aspect of it. And I think that's like the main problem I have with that movie is Ansel Elgort. Yes, yes. But Mike Feist's role, the actor who played Bernardo, and again, I'm blanking on his name. I think it's David Alvarez, but I could be wrong. I think that's it. Um, They picked up so much of the slack there that I was just like, Whatever. And so it wasn't great. I don't really care about that. I wasn't really fond of the Tony role from the beginning. Like, it's just kind of like, I get it. Like he's Romeo, whatever. Mm-hmm. I thought the movie was more about everybody else besides Tony. Um, but yeah, I, I absolutely loved Mike Feist in this. Absolutely loved him. Yep. I fully agree. Um, okay. So yeah, it seems, it seems like Troy is going to be r- running away with it. Although Cody Smith McPhee was the favorite for a while. I think the the academy the award season has kind of shifted the momentum to Troy. Yeah, um, Troy's minus five hundred. Uh, right. Cody Smithy is the second favorite at plus three hundred, and then everybody else is plus two thousand and farther away. So okay. yeah, two man yeah. race. Uh, oh, and I, I never really commented on Kieran Hines. I thought Kieran Hines was significantly more impactful than Judy Dench. So I think he is more deserving than she really is. But I Agreed. do agree. I do agree that she that he. He, didn't, he, didn't, he was fine. He was good. He was really, I mean, he was really good, but it, yeah. it, just wasn't, it wasn't in, it wasn't in my top. Um, I think some of the, the, the things I would have liked to have seen um, again, 
super fanboy of me, but Willem Dafoe, Spider-Man No Way Home, no one makes an impact like him. I mean, no one. that movie was exponentially better because of his performance in that movie. So, and he did his own stunts, so got to give him credit there. Absolute craziness. <laughs> yeah. At uh, 16. I also really like Nicholas Braun in Zola. I know I don't think you've seen Zola, but I really liked it. And I, it's an A twenty four banger. Like they just don't miss. They don't miss. They don't. And him, I mean that his role in that, and also Coleman Domingo in that too was great. But Coleman didn't crack my top five. Mike Feist is in my top five. And then again, I hope I don't butcher this name, but I think it's uh, Meisaki Okada from Drive My Car. Um, he he plays one of um, one of the actors in the main character's play. Um, he has a really impactful role for a lot of reasons, and I think he totally delivers on it. Yeah. Agreed. Cool. Um, that's all I got for Best Supporting Actor. So I know we, we, we probably want to talk Best Actor, Best Actress, Director, Best Picture. Any other categories we want to touch on? Um, do you want to hit uh, Cinematography and Screenplay at all? Yeah, we can talk that. Um, let's let's do a screenplay. Let's do original screenplay. Okay. Um Cool. So original screenplay, the nominees are Belfast, Don't Look Up, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, and The Worst Person in the World. Um, again, I've not seen The Worst Person in the World yet, seeing it this weekend, hopefully. Um, but original screenplay, Belfast particularly, I think Belfast is the favorite. Is that right? I think it's um, close. Licorice Pizza by a hair, minus 110, okay. Belfast is plus 120. So like okay, it's so very, it's very up. tight. Yeah. I think those are both good choices. Um, I there are things about licorice pizza I really did that didn't work for me, but there are things about licorice pizza that I loved, um, and I think that's evident in the love it's gotten, you know, throughout the Academy this yeah. year. Uh, Belfast original screenplay. I I think this is a very deserving. I think if Belfast won screenplay, I think it's super deserving because it it really is very clearly very personal to Kenneth Branagh, um, and I think he got that across really well. I really liked how. Um, the way that he wrote the parents basically from the perspective of the kid, I thought that was really clever. Like the parents were larger than life, um, yeah. you know, in the movie theater scene in the, in the singing scene at the, towards the end. Um, I thought that was really clever. So I, I'd be happy to see that win. And I love don't look up. I think we'll talk about it more during um, best picture. I'm one of probably the few who love don't look up. Um, and King Richard again is a, is a, is a, not again, we didn't talk about it. King Richard is a, in my opinion, top tier sports biopic movie. I think it is a little limited by that sports biopic kind of framing framework. So yeah. I don't know if I would give it best original screenplay, but um, you know, I think all, all five of these are, are pretty good choices. Yeah, I'll agree. I agree. Um, so out of the four that I've seen, which is Belfast, Don't Look Up, King Richard and Licorice Pizza, I have King Richard rated the highest. I also have that lowest on my picks for this award, which I think is just that, like you said, that sports biopic, like narrative of like, you can only do so much with it to be like an original story, things like that. Um, I, I personally, I, I love the curse piece. I thought it was beautiful. Great story. Like everything like that. We'll get into that more with best picture, but like you said, I think Belfast should be the favorite for this because, like you said, this was so personal to Kenneth Branagh. Like, it's basically his biopic with a little, you know, some changes, things like that. Mm-hmm. But the way he just wrote, like, that time period, as I'm sure a lot of audiences aren't familiar with what was going on in Belfast in that time, 
with you know like the religious re- revolution essentially and seeing how uh jude hall the act the child actor who was phenomenal like up there with uh i forgot the actor in jojo rabbit like those two might be my two favorite child actor performances ever mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but it was just written so beautifully so personal you felt every single piece of dialogue like when Jude Hall is listening in to like the parents arguing, things like that. You just, you felt that it wasn't like just written in there for effect. You were just like, Oh my God. Like hearing, like you've kind of think back to like, if you were a kid and you heard your parents fighting, like how that made you feel things like that. Like it, yep, it, it just exactly. hit like all of the heartstrings like that. And I thought that was so beautiful. So that would be my pick. Uh, don't look up. I liked it a lot. I just sometimes thought that like, it was kind of too in your face pandering a little bit, which I think is kind of the general consensus. I love the movie. It was very, very good. I just thought that it kind of got a little too in your face there. It's, it's an Adam McKay movie. So it's going to be a very serious issue. He's going to throw that in your face. There's going to be very good humor and very good performances, but the screenplay for me was maybe one of the weaker points for, of the movie to me. And you have to imagine that some of it is improvised on set. Yes. Too. Oh, absolutely. The people who are involved, I mean, that's what they do really well. So yeah. I would not be surprised if the screenplay is different than the actual finished product that we got too. So it's, it's, kind, of hard. it's kind of hard to tell. So I, I agree. It's probably one of the weaker choices on here. Yeah, but I'd say Belfast, don't, uh, Licorice Pizza are rightfully the two favorites. But yeah. for me, I would pick Belfast every single day and I hope it gets the recognition it deserves in this category and then when we get to director also director but we'll tease there yeah <laughs> awesome yeah that's that's my thoughts as well okay so yeah. we want to move on to let's do a big one let's do best support the best actress and yeah. this one this is an interesting race I don't so know. interesting that i've only seen one of the movies in it <laughs> so the nominees are olivia coleman and the lost daughter Penelope Cruz in Parallel Mothers, Jessica Chastain in The Eyes of Tammy Faye, Nicole Kidman in Being the Ricardos, and Kristen Stewart in Spencer. So I've only seen Spencer, but I've heard good things about all the other ones. So I'll talk about Kristen Stewart and Spencer, and then I'll kind of turn to you because I'm sure you've seen you've seen everyone but Parallel Mothers, I think. Yep. yep. Um, so when the, when Spencer first came out, everybody was all like, oh my God, this is Kristen Stewart's best role. This is such a great performance. This is going to win her the Oscar. And I think it got a lot of that buzz initially as it, when it first came out, like great storyline. For those that don't know, it's about Princess Diana and the last Christmas holiday before she decides to leave Prince William, right? I think no. so. I know nothing. Charles, else. Charles. Oh, I don't even know. Sure. Whatever. I think it's William. Is it? Well, I don't even know. It's know, irrelevant. The wrong people. Yeah. Um, I'll so this movie so to William's me. The, William's the son. William's the son. Harry and William are the sons. So Charles yeah. is the husband. That's it. Right. <laughs> um, this movie to me, I did not like a lot of it. I granted, it's kind of based on like a like stories that Diana told, and like there's a lot of like liberties taken. Yeah with the ghost of Marie Antoinette and things like that, which like I was kind of like, uh, but I, I went into it thinking like her performance is going to carry this movie. It's going to be, it's going to be the driving force of it. And I thought she gave a f- arguably terrible performance in this movie. <laughs> the accent was fucking terrible. It was 
so hard to listen to for an entire hour. I thought, granted, this might have been how the character was written, being very whiny and very mopey and very about herself. But Kristen Stewart just made it that much more unbearable to watch. Like, what? Like it was so frustrating. I'm like, just fucking go dress how they want you to go to the church. Like, don't go to your old house. Like, and I'm not a big royal guy. I think the royal family is stupid. I don't get it. Like, yeah, whatever. Sure, Queen Elizabeth is great. I get being an outsider brought into that is kind of like tough. But like, I just didn't like really anything about her role. I don't. After watching it, I was like, how is this getting buzzed for Oscars? I don't yeah. fucking get it. It's because <laughs> everybody loves the royals. And it's like, oh, let's give the royal family like their shine when we talk about it with American movies, things like that. Did not like it. It was a 76 out of 100. I haven't seen these other movies, but this would be my farthest choice for it. And rightfully so, the Oscars have it as the longest shot at plus 800, along with Olivia Coleman and Lost Daughter. The favorite is Jessica Chastain at minus 140 for the eyes of Tammy Faye. Um, and here I'll turn it to you, Spence, to talk yeah, about the well, movies first, that you've before seen. We, before we move on, and I, I, I have plenty to say about Jessica Chastain. I, I'm, you wait, first of all, you gave Spencer a 76 out of 100, and you say you hated it. That's not that bad of a score. <laughs> for, for my, my, my ratings, that's, okay. that's pretty bad. That's all right, pretty bad. Heard, fair, fair. Um, um, I have, I have a more forgiving, uh, light of things with with movies then yeah. like i don't think i've given anything less than a 50 i mean look you made a movie that's impressive right? yeah, that, yeah i give a lot of points for that i get that um i i i totally see exactly what you're saying i did like her i think there were definitely times where i was like overacting um <gasps> little like i don't want to say whiny but a little bit like dramatic like a little bit over dramatic yeah um and but again i think that's probably what they were going for because the whole the whole thing is very heightened right like um, and i i think what i really liked about it i did find most of the movie to be pretty boring (laughs) um but there there were some moments of like terror like horror like true horror between the score which is johnny greenwood who also did power the dog um the score was pretty good um and there were some really great moments like the dinner table scene where she like rips off her pearls and then just starts eating them and like that stuff was awesome. That stuff really yeah. worked well. And I think Kristen Stewart sold those moments as well as she could have. And I, I really did like, I really liked some stuff in the movie, but overall I was very bleh on the movie. It was fine. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I, I'm, I'm fine that she's here. I don't want her to win. I don't, I'm not, I wouldn't root for her to win necessarily, but I'm fine that she's on the list. Um, yeah. So let's talk Jessica Chastain. I actually really liked the eyes of Tammy Faye. I was, very pleasantly surprised with how much I liked it between her and, and Andrew Garfield. I think it was just fun to watch. I mean, it was kind of a, a train wreck on purpose. Um, it was, yeah. the, the story is a train wreck. Uh, the story is of a train wreck, I guess I should say. Um, and Jessica Chastain played it really well. At the beginning, I kind of thought she was overacting and being a little bit overdramatic. But then it, towards the end, I kind of like got it. Like that is the character. And yeah. I don't know the real life inspiration. I'm not familiar with it at all. But I think that's really accurate. So I think... Um, I, I would, I like a month ago, I would have scoffed at the idea of Jessica Chastain winning for the eyes of Tammy Faye. Um, but after seeing it, I'm like, all right, I buy it. She, she's not my top performance. She's probably my number five. Um, not out of these lists, but out of the whole year, she's probably my number five. Um, but you know, if she's the favorite and she wins, it's exciting. I'm cool with it. Um, Penelope Cruz is also on the list. Not have not seen parallel mothers. I'm sure she's fantastic. She's great all the time but I will be watching that. Um, and then the last two on here are Olivia Coleman and Nicole Kidman. Olivia Coleman in The Lost Daughter, 
Olivia Coleman has not turned in a good turned in a bad performance ever. Never. I don't oh think. my god. So she's actually my favorite female acting like lead actress performance of the year. I thought Olivia Coleman was great. I really liked The Lost Daughter. It wasn't perfect, a little boring at times, um, but I really got what they were going for. And Olivia Coleman sold it wholeheartedly as she always does. So I, I'm happy to see her on the list. Sad she's probably not going to win, but I get it. We she's won already. She's good. I was going to say, she's the second, she's tied with Kristen Stewart for longest odds yeah, at plus 800. It's fine. She's already won. Everybody knows she's great. Um, then Nicole Kidman's the last one here. And Nicole Kidman, I know when she got cast, like there was so much drama. Like people were not happy. Yeah. Were not it, happy get. It's like Nicole Kidman is such a better actress than Deborah Messing, which I get. I'm yeah. also going to pause. Uh, St. Peter's just beats Purdue to go to the lead eight. What? 67, 64. I have I have Providence in Kansas on my TV, which is a really close game too, but St. Peter's won? 67, 64. Yes. Oh my god. Absolute craziness. I know this is a move. This is this episode is a movie episode, but the wow. first 15 seed to ever make an Elite Eight. Shout out the Peacocks. Wow, that is inc- on National Peacock Day, too, March 25th. Exactly. Crazy. Absolute craziness. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, that's thanks for bringing that up but wow um but hey, yeah I, nicole kidman is a better actor than deborah messing um i didn't really get why she was cast for the role and then i saw it again didn't love the movie but um for what they were going for like it was not she wasn't playing like lucy she's playing lucille ball and right. i think lucy had so much more of the behind the scenes and nicole kidman does a really good job she, and, I, and I think that's where a lot of people got lost in the shuffle it's like yeah. if you're gonna do like a movie about lucy from i love lucy sure deborah messing but to really and i didn't see being the ricardos but to take it away from the role of lucy and show like the trials and tribulations of lucille ball you need like a real proven dramatic actress like a nicole kidman where i'm not saying deborah messing is a bad actress you're not can't pull at those dramatic heartstrings but you know nicole kidman's gonna bring it you know it like that's it's yeah it's what what's gonna happen yeah. And so she was, she was, she's probably in my top like eight uh, lead actress performances of the year. So I did, I did really like her. I thought she did a really good job. So yeah. um not mad to see her on the list. Yeah. I don't, I don't think she's going to win. Maybe she has a shot, but we, we will see. I don't think, again, I don't think the Academy necessarily loved this movie overwhelmingly. So I, I wouldn't expect to see her win, but um so it seems yeah. like Jessica Chastain probably has, has the best chance. Yeah, it's it's Chastain's the favorite at minus one forty. Then Penelope Cruz at plus three fifty, and then uh, Nicole Kidman at plus four fifty. Okay, yeah, I so. think Jessica Chastain gained some momentum. What is it? I think she won the SAG Award or something. That was a big surprise. That definitely gave her a little bump. I think. Yeah, I think yeah, that definitely. I think, I think people were like, "Oh, people, are, other people actually like this movie. Oh, it's okay for me to like this movie in this performance. Okay, cool." Um, right. I think Which, that was part of it. So real quick, let's talk about the people that weren't nominated. One rightfully not nominated, and one snub. Okay, the snub, I, know, I know exactly I what you're going to say. You know where I'm going. <laughs> yeah. The snub is Rachel Zegler for yeah. West Side Story. Totally. She yeah. was so good. She was nominated for all the other awards. I think it's crazy she wasn't nominated, at least for the Oscars. Like, she was so good. This was her first role. She got cast out of high school. Yeah. She had to ask uh, Spielberg while filming if she could still play in uh, the <laughs> Shrek musical in high school and get painted green. And for her, this to be her first performance and fucking knock it out of the park on par with Natalie Wood, 
Like, oh, yeah. not, may, maybe not above, maybe not below, but like right there with her. Well, she sang. Natalie Wood didn't sing. Rachel right. Begley sings. Exactly. Sings. So fucking talented. Yeah. Such a snub. I loved everything that she did. She was the one wild card. I mean, I had a lot of wild cards going into it, which we'll get into in Best Picture. But she fucking knocked it out of the park. And it's a travesty. An absolute travesty. Because I think... Granted, I've only seen Kristen Stewart. I think if she is nominated in this category, I think she wins. Yeah. I I, I don't know. I mean, I I would love I would love it. I you, you talk about bodying Ansel Elgort. I mean, I think she is oh, it's not even it's a first round knockout in the first five seconds. It was absurd. Fucking kills him. It's it's like I just he's don't he's not even, a bad actor. He's not a bad actor. I don't know. And but, and I'll talk about this more when we talk about best picture, but I don't think he was horrible. He, he just doesn't, he is head and like everybody else in that cast is head and shoulders more talented than he is. And it kind of stinks for him. Like, cause by comparison, he looks really bad. Um, he's not terrible, but she is just so good that like when, when you hear them singing together, it's like, can you, can I please just get the track of her singing? Like, I don't need to, I don't need to hear his voice. Sorry. Right. Which brings hit like uh, Spielberg's, quotes on the role of tony and so much question that like he wrote it for uh, ansel elgort and was like this is his his role to win like tunnel vision you know he had, it, he had it in his brain and just couldn't shake it so it just it's a shame but yeah. we're talking about best actress the one i'm so glad was not nominated and you know where i'm going this i know i know where you're going these yeah lady House of Gucci might have been the worst movie I've seen in such a fucking long time. So fucking bad. I'm so glad this got no Academy love besides costume design, which that it deserves. It nailed it. Yeah. There was not a single good thing about that movie. Lady Gaga, I thought was fucking terrible. For her to go to from A Star is Born to this performance... I would have thought that she'd never acted or performed or done anything in front of people in her life. She was so bad and she's so talented. She overacted so much. The accent was, I like arguably bad. Oh, the accent was bad. Yeah. It's like, she couldn't figure out if this was like a bit role or a serious (laughs) role. And that goes for the entire fucking cast. Like nobody, nobody was on the same page with what this movie was supposed to be. Like Adam Driver took it as a serious role. Jared Leto took it as like a campy, serious, but like half joking role. And Lady Gaga, I thought, floated between the lines on all of it. Al Pacino, I don't even, I (laughs) refuse to accept that he was in this fucking movie. Yeah. The only good actor in that movie was Jeremy Irons. And Mm. he got killed off very early on, which is good (laughs) for him. And then the uh, fucking attorney for the Gucci estate. That guy, he's in a lot of things. Like he's he was he's, he's a very good actor. I don't know his name. He's he was very good. I don't even remember the character. I there's a lot I don't remember about the movie, but what I do remember about the movie is exactly what you said. I, I actually didn't hate it as much as you did. I, I did not love it as much as I wanted to. I liked that. I thought it was fine. It was it was enjoyable, but it wasn't good. I, I think it was one of the worst Ridley Scott directing uh, outed outings ever. Um, <sighs> but I didn't hate the movie. I agree though. What I exactly what you said, like. This is why I kind of liked Lady Gaga's performance. It, is, it kind of was, I think he, she really was doing what Ridley Scott was probably wanting with the movie, which was kind of finding that line in between ridiculous Jared Leto and way too serious Adam Driver. Like she was, she, like you said, she was playing in that middle lane 
And I think that's where that movie would have been be- the best if it stayed in the middle lane. Instead, it kept going back and forth. Yeah. And so I, that's why I liked her performance. And I, I also just love Lady Gaga. So I'm a fan. I liked her performance. But I, I'm, again, completely fine that she's not nominated. I get it. <laughs> I will say it's, I don't think that my hatred of the movie is fully on the actors. Everything around the actors failed that movie. Uh-huh. The writing, the shooting, the music, the score was non-existent. The costume design was great. The production design was very good. Like you felt like you were in like Italy in like this, I think the 70s, whatever, not 80s, 90s. Like you felt that. Yeah. But like the score was so non-existent that it was like the only thing I thought of. And I saw it with Shannon, my girlfriend, and halfway through, she's like, how much longer is this movie? And I'm like, another hour and a half. Like, <laughs> it was, it, it just dragged. Yep, totally. Totally agree. I gave it a 66 out of 100. That is two points higher than uh, the tax collector, the David Ayer banger oh, no. with Shia LaBeouf. Oh, no. and one point higher than Someone Great, the Netflix rom-com starring Gina Rodriguez and Britney Snow. And wow. the fact that a lot of our listeners probably don't know either of those movies should tell you everything you need to know about House of Gucci. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I get it. I totally Tough. get it. Um, I, I didn't have any other. I think the, the biggest snub I had was, was Zegler um yeah and she was snubbed from the oscars in general she wasn't even invited to go um which is crazy she's presenting now they did presenting now and i will say i there she's getting a lot of uh hate online i don't know why i'm defending her twitter but like (laughs) the reason why this all came up is because she like replied to a comment on instagram and was super nice it wasn't asking for anything she was like yeah unfortunately i'm not gonna be there didn't get it from my couch like yeah go ahead yeah she her response was perfect like she did not stir up this controversy like, right, she's know. also shooting Snow White right now. So, like, the production of Snow White had to pause for her yeah. to go to present. Yeah. So it's not like she's she not doing anything. She wasn't begging for this. You know, it. She was fine, but she got invited and she's gonna go, and it's great. Um, I'm. She should have been invited from the beginning. She's the lead of a Best Picture nominee. She should exactly. Be. Um, Which we'll get into that with yeah. Best Actor in a second. But <laughs> let's um, let's pivot to. Let's do director real quick. Okay. Then we'll go actor and then we'll hit a uh, picture and we'll talk on a little bit of cinematography, but we'll, we'll start to wrap this a little bit. Okay. Yep. So director, we've got the nominees are Jane Campion from power of the dog, Paul Thomas Anderson from licorice pizza, Kenneth Branagh from Belfast. I don't know who directed drive my car, but the director of drive my car is up there. Sure. Uh, I don't and then, first name right, but. And then Steven Spielberg for West side story. So I didn't see Drive My Car, and I will say the odds makers have this as a runaway for Jane Campion, Power of the Dog, at minus 3,500. Yep. So like like Ariana DeBose, but even more so, thanks for coming out, everybody else. <laughs> I truly think Kenneth Branagh should win this award. The same way I think he should win for original screenplay. It It's everything we said about it for original screenplay. It's so personal. But to write the screenplay, get it made, and then direct every single part of it and make it so personal and just hit all of those aspects of it so well, just nailed it for me. And it's not nominated for cinematography. It is nominated for Best Picture. I don't think it has a chance for Best Picture. 
but if it was nominated for cinematography, I would think it has a better chance. I, I truly believe he did the best job directing this year with that movie. Jane Campion did great with power of the dog. It's getting a lot of love. It's, it's a very good movie. I don't think it should be as favorite as it is for some of these awards. A lot of these movies are very close. Paul Thomas Anderson was great for licorice pizza. That's just, it just, it gave you like boogie nights, mm-hmm. like Saturday night feet, like those types of like, uh, um, fast times, Ridgemont high, like all those movies kind of blend together. Like old seventies, Hollywood, like not like on the star side, like working class, like, shitty actors people mm-hmm. just regular people it, it nailed all of that to me and then spielberg just he crushed it for west side story like and that was the main negative i had going in it's like spielberg hasn't really done a good movie in a while and his <laughs> first musical is going to be west side story yeah, big shoes to fill huge and i will gladly say he knocked it out of the park in every aspect um all of the movies that are nominated are 90 and above for me. Belfast at 90 out of 100, which is the lowest out of those th- those four, but I think it should win. Ligner's Pizza, 91. Power of the Dog, 95. I love Power of the Dog. And then uh, West Side, 93 out of 100. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. I mean, I, all of these directors absolutely knocked it out of the park. I, I can't point to one of these and say, like, I wish they weren't nominated because all five of them completely deserve it. Um, I will say, I think the biggest snub of this category is Denny Villeneuve for Dune. Again, whatever you want to say about the movie, the, the vision that had to go into that movie and the, the, the actual directing of all the parts, like the pro I think of it like I'm, I'm a business person, right? So like the project management of that movie that he had to do is unbelievable. All like all the actors, all the sets, all the locations, all the visual elements, all the sound, like it's it's just mind-blowing what he was able to do um again there's a lot that lacks with the movie i don't think his direction was one of them i thought that was the strongest part um so yeah. i'm really I'm, I'm bummed he's not nominated for director but again these five are, are all incredibly deserving uh, i know raisuke hamaguchi was the biggest surprise um after watching the movie i i all i do get it um it totally works and a big part thanks to him um jane campion i think she's a favorite not just for this movie. I think she has a, she's really like well-renowned in Hollywood for a lot of her, her previous movies, which I can't say I've seen. Um, so I. It's her first directing uh, role, I guess, role in like 13 <laughs> years. Yeah. Like, I mean, she it, took it, a, a very long time off, which I'm like, I'm not that much older than 13, you know? So I, I haven't seen them. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I mean, like, I just I, I don't I don't know her. I didn't know her name until this movie. So like um I, I'm happy she's gonna win. I get it. I think it's great, but I do agree. Kenneth Branagh and Steven Spielberg would be probably more preferable picks for myself personally. Um Spielberg specifically, again, I'm gonna talk about I'm gonna gush about West Side Story later. Um I think and and it, in big part thanks to him, he really just revitalized, re-energized this this like Old, really old this timeless tale old but timeless tale um so i thought he was great yeah i agree with all your other um analysis kenneth Branagh was great i th- again he made it really personal um it felt really real it felt like you were there i mean it felt like a movie set a little bit but felt like you were there um so I'm, i'd be happy with any of these people winning i do think it'll be jan campion she's probably my <laughs> fifth choice out of these five but again i'm fine with it i get it yeah 
Yeah. All right, let's hit actor. Give me the nominees. Do you have them up or you want me to hit them? Uh, I have them up. All right. The best actor nominees are Denzel Washington for The Tragedy of Macbeth, Benedict Cumberbatch for The Power of the... Wait. Wait a second. Did he get... He got... Did I mess it up? Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm reading the right thing. Sorry. (laughs) Benedict Cumberbatch for The Power of the Dog, Andrew Garfield, Tick, Tick, Boom, Will Smith, King Richard, Javier Bardem being the Ricardos. So with all due respect, Javier Bardem is a great actor. You have no shot in this this role. This, this does, race. even for this role, I don't. I I'm kind of surprised why he was nominated. I yeah. I thought he was and good. I thought and I haven't seen Being the Ricardos, but I just know he has. And I haven't seen Tragedy Macbeth, but I know he the the caliber of role and performance is just not on par with the other ones. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Javier would be probably maybe in my top twenty of the year, like top fifteen maybe on a good day. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't even have much to say about him. I thought he did really, he is charismatic. He did a really good job. It just yeah. didn't, it, it didn't stand out. Um, Denzel Washington. I know, I don't think he's a favorite. I think he's probably one of, I think he was probably, he snuck in probably, um, because he's Denzel Washington. He's great. Yeah. I mean, he, the Macbeth again, I, I don't know Shakespeare very well. Um, I don't know what they're saying most of the time. I didn't know what he was saying most of the time, but I got it because he's so like expressive and so emotional and he's just yeah. fun to watch. He's charismatic. He's he steals the scene in every scene he's in. So I get it. I'm cool with it. I thought he was great. Um let's see. Yeah. Kind of, so I'm, Javier is the long shot at plus four thousand. Denzel is the second longest at plus twenty five hundred. Then Andrew Garfield at plus eleven 1, hundred and then Benedict Cumberbatch plus four fifty. Will Smith is a runaway favorite at minus 800. Yeah. Um, so I'll let you finish your spiel and then I'll, I'll get into mine. No, it's, I, it's, it's interesting. I think, so I'll just go up in order from least favorite to favorite what we have left. Andrew Garfield, I think is next. Andrew Garfield is my favorite leading man performance of the year. Same. I don't know. It is it? Okay, good. I wasn't sure if we were on the same page. I, again, talk about like stealing the show, just the energy and the infectious, like, passion that just radiated from this man uh in this role i mean he does it in every role he's in but this one particular it just worked so 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 well um i think the collaboration between him and lin-manuel miranda i think it works i think it worked really well i love the movie it's actually one of my favorite movies of the year i'm i'm bummed that this is one of the only i think it has two or three nominations overall but it's a, um, it's a fucking travesty it's a fucking travesty this, okay, this didn't get i'm glad we're on the same page <laughs> because I agree. I, it's one of my favorite movies. I wish it made it into best picture. Andrew Garfield. I wish he wasn't competing against Will Smith is what I'll say, because um, Will Smith is getting in on the performance, but also on legacy. Uh, who doesn't want to see Will Smith win an Oscar? Everybody wants to see that. But I think Andrew Garfield is more deserving of this particular Oscar. I agree hundred percent. So the thing I've said, whenever I've talked about this with people and like the people that I talk about this were like you, Jordan, and then like my girlfriend, Shannon, who's just like, shut the fuck up. I don't care. (laughs) Um, Will Smith is winning this award as a career achievement award. Like when Leo won for the Revenant is this his best performance. I don't know. It's up there. It's very, very good. Kind of like with Leo, the Revenant was not his best performance. Wolf of Wall Street was better. The Aviator was better. He had a lot better performances than The Revenant, but it just got to that point where it's like, you have to finally give him that Oscar. Yep. Will Smith is going to win. 
I don't know if he's deserving in this role. I think it's Andrew Garfield. I think it's head and shoulders, the best acting job done this year. Just think like thinking through what goes into making a musical, let alone a musical that probably 95% of the population does not know about. Yeah. Just carries so much weight for me. And Andrew Garfield is one of the most criminally slept on actors in Hollywood. I think at least from the general public, like they think of him as the Facebook guy or Spider-Man in those shitty Spider-Man movies, which not that bad. I'll say it. Not that bad. Agreed. Agreed. But he is so talented. Everything he does, he gives everything he can. He falls into the role. He transforms into that character for that time time period. And he took, he got offered this role and accepted it, not knowing how to sing. Yeah. He learned how to sing (laughs) because he got this role. Like this could have been so bad, so, so bad. And it wasn't. And he nailed it. He hit every single beat that you want from a lead actor in a movie, in a movie musical, and just a fun watch of a musical. Musical. It's a travesty. This movie isn't up for best picture. It's a travesty. It's not up for best editing. It's a travesty. It's not up for best sound because all of those things in this movie could have gone so wrong, but they hit every single note. And also adapted screenplay it should have been up for because it it fucking was so goddamn good yeah and it my, it's like my a, what is it a three-person stage musical or something like that they turned yeah. it into this movie yeah it's it's fantastic it's absolutely crazy and he is so good at singing and whenever like a, a singing role is up for the oscars i compare it to rami malek who didn't even sing, didn't <laughs> sing and won the oscar that has aged so poorly, that win. That movie is so bad. I know. So bad. Not good at all. Not good at all. Which uh, goes to my thoughts of Taron Edgerton should have gotten nominated for Rocket Man. Yep. 100%. Andrew Garfield should win. If you're judging off of music, movie musical lead actors, Andrew Garfield bodies Rami Malek. Not just from the singing, from the acting, the performance, and just diving into the role. Yep. He should win. At plus eleven hundred, it's great value. I'm probably going to put some money on. I know it's not going to hit. <laughs> Nothing away from Will Smith. He was phenomenal. Great role. Really dived into it. The fact that he worked with the Williams sisters to get all of those mannerisms and the talking down and everything down perfect carries weight, and you can see it in the movie. Yeah. Same thing with Benedict Cumberbatch. He really devolves into that role. You don't get to see him in that kind of like villainous evil kind of role very often but he called into it so well agreed and if you didn't know he was british and this was the first thing you saw him you'd think he's from texas like he he just falls into it so well i think we're both on the same page will smith's gonna win career achievement award but andrew garfield should win yeah yeah i mean i think to be to be clear i do i'm i think i do think will smith is deserving for this role but i would put Andrew Garfield ahead of it, um, ahead of him. Uh, I would put Benedict, I like Benedict Cumberbatch a lot. I think he did a great job in this role. I wouldn't put him above Andrew Garfield or Will Smith. I'd put him put him below. So I think my top two are easily Andrew Garfield than, than Will Smith. Yeah, agreed. Um, I think that I actually do have some, some other performances that I wanted to call out here. 
that yeah. didn't get nominated. Some of them I'm not surprised at all. Some of them um, eh, I, I actually could have seen that happening. But um, my third favorite leading actor performance this year is actually Simon Rex from Red Rocket. And oh. that movie showed up nowhere. But oh my goodness, what a movie. And if you like, I think his name's Sean Baker. He's the filmmaker. He made The Florida Project, which I also yeah. love. Willem Dafoe, I think, was nominated for The Florida Project. So mm-hmm. it wasn't out of the realm of possibility for Simon Rex to be nominated. And, and that's um, kind of like a, a, a semi-biopic for Simon Rex, too, because he did a little bit of software porn type stuff. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So he's, he's a little familiar with the industry, that's for sure. Um, yeah. But that movie was one of my favorites of last year. I loved it. It is so painful. It is almost very similar. It's, I found it similar to like uncut gems where it's like, this character is horrible. You, you're not really rooting for him, but like you're about to watch his downfall. Like, you know, it's happening. Um, and it's, it's, and Simon Rex just completely bodied this character. And like, he, he was great. So I yeah. really wanted to call it that performance and bumped. He didn't get nominated here. He did win the Indie Spirit Award. So congrats on that. Um, also like the lead for drive my car Hidetoshi Nishijima, I believe his name is. Um, fantastic. Just stoic when he needed to be, emotional when he needed to be. Um, he hit all the right beats. I just really felt for this guy in this role um, and the character. And then the fifth one, which probably a lot of people haven't even heard of, is from the movie Titan, which actually won the Palme d'Or from Cannes last year. Um, yeah. the, the actor's name is Vincent Linden. Um, he, he was so much fun to watch. He was so zany and weird and like i just really loved his performance it just stuck with me i saw this movie months and months ago and it stuck with me and he's still on my top five so um shout out to vincent there yeah agreed um all right let's hit the big one big one let's do it best picture nominees are don't look up west side story power of the dog dune licorice pizza belfast coda king richard drive my car nightmare alley I haven't seen Coda, Drive My Car, Nightmare Alley. I've seen the rest of them. The favorite right now is Power of the Dog at minus 115. Next closest is Coda at plus 100. And then there's a pretty far gap with everything else. Um, Next closest after that is Belfast at plus 1,400. Uh, I I should have said all these odds are based off of DraftKings, DraftKings Sportsbook. If you have a gambling problem, one hand gambler. Uh, Virginia 1-800-Y-9 uh, Tennessee, Texas, Tennessee red line uh, That's all I got um, it's off the top of your head, wow Sponsor the pot <laughs> um, So This one's tough because It does feel pretty top heavy And I To me all these movies are very close In rating and What I thought of them um, I thought Tick Tick Boom Should be nominated We've We've covered that if we're going off of pure, oh, did I say Dune? Dune's nominated as well. I might have skipped over that one. You probably skipped it over on purpose. That's okay. Purpose. Okay, so I'll start there. I'll start with Subconsciously. Dune. Yeah, yeah. I'll start with Dune because let me tell you what I thought about Dune. I didn't like any of it. I liked the visuals. I liked the score, and that was it. It took so many liberties with trusting that you knew the backstory or you knew a little bit going into it, which. It was billed as this big blockbuster star sci-fi star Wars type of thing that like star Wars, if you didn't see star, if you didn't know anything about star Wars, you still kind of got the gist of it going into it. Like with the movie, it set things up. Dune just throws you right into it. Um, didn't like the writing. Didn't like that. It was just kind of like very assumptive, took very, a lot of liberties with the audience. 
I've said this multiple times. I don't think Timothy Chalamet is that talented. I cannot see him as a lead, like big sci-fi action epic hero leading man. He is 120 pounds soaking wet, wearing a lead vest with 25-pound weights in his pocket. Uh, so can't see him as like a leader, hero, Jesus, savior type of person. Some of the other roles were good. Like the person I most associated with was Jason Momoa's Duncan Idaho. And I think he was from like a general public standpoint, one of like the most like comical roles. It was a 66 out of a hundred for me right there with house of Gucci. One of my least favorites of the year. Didn't love it. That's all I got to say about it. Yeah. I, I get it. Why it's like up there for all like the technical aspects, like, yeah, visuals that should win, score it should win. That's all I'm going to give it credit for. Everything else I didn't like. Yep. I get it. I, I see. So, my opinion on Dune, I, I loved the experience of seeing this movie. Uh, it is a theatrical experience. Um, I gave it an 84 out of 100. Um, I do go low. My scores do go lower than yours. Uh, and maybe we'll see some movie, movies on this list that might go lower. We'll see. Um, but Dune, I give it an 84 out of 100, which is, I think is like pretty solid, like pretty, pretty good. Um, yeah. interestingly enough, I think where it lacks is the plot and the characters, which are mm-hmm. really important pieces of a movie. Um, um, Some would say the most important, Spence. I think like everything else kind of, everything, everything else that was, everything else about the movie, like raised everything else up, like a rising tide lifts all ships or whatever the phrase yeah. is. You know, I, that's what I felt like to me. And if anything, by the time I left this movie, I was so excited to see part two. So I do think after we see part two, we will look, we, you may, I probably will look back on part one and like it better. Cause I think it does set a really good foundation for what is part two, which is like, I don't know. I, it, it's still probably a couple of years out, but um, I'm excited oh, it, for it. It's like three years out. It's it. See, that's the, that's the also thing that like kind of bothered me about it. It's like, Oh, like at the end, it's like doing part one. It's like, okay, cool. But you know, going into it, that they're not currently shooting part two. Part two didn't get greenlit until two weeks after part one came out. All of the actors in this movie are booked to the fucking gills because they're all so talented. Mm -hmm. It's such a titanic cast. They're supposed to start shooting in 2023, which means they're going to start 2023, shoot through 2024, and then maybe we'll get it end of 25. Yeah. Are yeah. people gonna care still in twenty? No, I mean, look at Avatar. Avatar. I mean, Avatar is a lot different than Dune, but Avatar is taking so long. Nobody cares about Avatar. Part oh two. my god, fuck that! I, they yeah. just said the previews for Avatar two is coming. Doctor Strange and most friends do. I don't give a fuck about that shit. Anyway, yeah. So I mean, I think I think everybody gets the point. I get. I I, I get why it's nominated. I get it. I fully get it. I just don't agree with it. That, that's it. It's a weaker. It's a weaker. You know, it's a weaker year. I, yeah. I think in a lot of ways. So I, I, I see why it's on there. I nece- I wouldn't have necessarily put it on my list for best picture, but it's it's fine. It's not gonna win. Um I fucking better not. <laughs> I will riot. <sighs> All right, what's next? Let's let's talk about something we liked. <laughs> yeah, so what what's what's your pick for best picture? Like I think I think Pilot Dog probably will win. I don't know if it should yeah. win. It's 
rated the highest out of these movies on my list, mm-hmm. but it's not my favorite of the year. It's not maybe my yeah. fifth favorite. It just took like a technical standpoint, the way it was shot, everything about it. That's why I gave it such a high score. Yep. But compared to some of these other movies, I would maybe put it in the bottom half of this nomination group. Yeah. Maybe, which is weird to say for such a high rated movie for me. Yeah. Wait, sorry. Which movie are you talking about? Power of the Dog. Okay. Power of the Dog. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I think, I do think Coda is going to end up winning just because they have all the momentum right now. Um, I did really like Coda. I do think in a lot of ways it is somewhat, it, it's somewhat formulaic coming of age story, but placed in like a different context, which really worked and all the acting was great and the story was good. Um, so I really liked it. I gave Coda an 88 out of hundred. So if it wins, great. I'll be happy for it. Um, it'll be the first streaming exclusive movie to win Best Picture, so that's a big deal. Actually, yeah. Power of the Dog wins the same for that too. So we're looking, likely looking at some a big shift here. Um, Power of the yeah. Dog. I know I hinted at it before. I this movie just didn't work for me. Watching it, I was bored. I didn't get it. I felt stupid. I thought I was missing something. After after it finished, I thought the big like the, I don't want to spoil anything, but the way it wrapped, I was like, I don't believe this. I, I don't buy yeah. this one bit. I don't buy this character did this thing at all. It just didn't work for me. So I gave this movie, um, oh my God, I have to scroll, scroll so far down. This is unfortunate. Not a good time. We're even, I don't even, I don't even see it. I think I gave it like a 60, there it is, 62 out of a hundred. So again, okay. not horrible because, because I was able to look back and like, think about it and I, I watched some videos that like helped me explain and help help me understand and I was like okay I get what they were doing and I there are things I certainly appreciate about it again I talked about I really like the score I really like yeah. the cover batch I like this subversion of like the western masculine trope um I thought that was really well done but it just as a whole did did not move the needle for me at all so I would yeah. be pretty disappointed if this won best picture um but again I would understand yeah, I, I I do think Coda is going to pull off the upset, proverbially speaking. Um, I wouldn't hate it if, I mean, after that, you're getting into some deep fucking underdogs like Belfast. Yeah. I don't think it has the power to win Best Picture. I think it, in another year, maybe it, it has a chance. Um, West Side Story, I think, arguably could be one of the favorites at least from like a general public standpoint because of the source material, how well it was done, how well it's been received. The other wins is probably going to get, I mean, other than that, you're really getting into some deep water. Uh, King Richard, Will Smith's going to win for best actor, but I don't think it's going to be close to best picture. It was very, very good, Yeah, but it, there was just so much lacking in it. And I can't see a sports biopic winning best picture. Like if remember the Titans didn't win, I don't think King Richard's going to win, you know, like that kind of same feeling. Yeah. I mean, and I think Belfast was the early favorite and then power of the dog was favorite and now code is the favorite. So, well, maybe it's not the favorite, but it's, it's neck and neck. So it's been been an interesting race for sure. I I don't, I, I I don't even know some of these movies. I don't even like, like nightmare alley. I don't feel the need to talk about licorice pizza. I don't like King, King Richard Dune. We already talked about, you know, they're, they're all fine. They're all good. They're fine. You know, <laughs> um, yeah. I think the ones I did want to highlight, I have three, three movies I wanted to highlight here. <clears throat> One, Don't Look Up. I know you, we talked about it. I really did like Don't Look Up. What did I give it? An 80, 
I gave Don't Look Up an 80. Sorry, I saw so many movies. My list is so long. Uh, 89 out of 100. Um, I had it at 90. Like, okay. we're, we're right there. Yeah, I loved it. Um, I get why people don't like it. However, my argument to, you know, you even mentioned it earlier, like the, the, the very broad comedy, the very uh, pandering type stuff. That's kind of the point. Like it's a, it is a broad comedy. It's a wide audience comedy. It's not trying to solve. It's not trying to solve climate change. Like no. that's not what it's doing. It's a comedy. You know, it has it has an, a resounding message. Um, but it, it's comedy. It's not a documentary. It's not. You know, it's, it's a slight social commentary, but mostly it's a comedy, a broad comedy. My thoughts on that movie is: if you watch that movie and you're not able to separate the current political climate or like things like that are going on in the real world from that movie and just watch a movie and enjoy it then you miss the entire fucking point of that movie yeah like the little the little fucking digs that they had in that movie like the the general charging them for the snacks and the, the oh vending God, machine. So that's a best that was just a running joke going on like that was such brilliant writing yeah. by adam mckay that I was just like, that had me fucking cracking up. Like the fact that they called it back in the third act yeah. when I had already forgotten about it. And Jennifer Lawrence is like, why would he charge us for it? It was fr-. like, th- that's just fucking genius. And like, mm-hmm. granted, it, it, like I said, it's very pandering, very like an in your face topic. But if you can't separate real world from a movie like that, that's not a biopic based on true stories, things like mm-hmm. that, you, that you missed the point of that movie and it's not for you. And I just, to be blunt, fuck you then. Yeah, it's a parody. It's a parody, you know, of course it's inspired by real life stuff, but it's not in any way like, it, I don't know. It, there's a lot There's a lot of debate about it. I think it's, it's kind of, like, I think people have really grown on it. It's grown on people over time, I think. I don't yeah. think it should be best picture. It's, no. it's, a, it's, a, it's a good, it's a well-executed comedy, you know? Yeah, it's, it's like, I'd say, so like, if you're taking that movie that seriously, then you're taking the big short that seriously. And it's like, Oh, you think really Selena Gomez knows all these things about CDOs? Yeah, right. And you know, you think Anthony Bourdain knows what a whatever like a tranche is? Like, fuck off! No, yeah, no, right. no. Be style, better. I mean, obviously, Adam McKay works for some people, doesn't work for others. I most of his projects work for me. I'm watching the Late Agreed. Show right now; it's working for me. I like it. Um, so I liked it. Um, that's all I really have to say about that. I'm, I'm, I could talk about Drive My Car if that's. Yeah, g- give us a little bit on it. Okay. The Drive My Car is in, and we didn't actually get talk about uh, adapted screenplay, but it is like loosely adapted from a Murakami uh, like short collection of short stories. Um, it's a three hour long movie. It's a really long movie, but it's it's worth it. It's worth it. The beginning is great. The middle is a little slow, but it's it's necessary for the emotional uh, punch it packs towards the end. Totally worth it. Um, I really love it. It's gonna. It was it was a surprise to get in the best picture and to get best director, but um, I think it's worthy. I think I gave it an 88 out of 100 or an 89 out of 100 as well. Um, I think um, it's gonna unfairly get a lot of comparisons to Parasite. It's a completely different movie to Parasite. Um, yeah. So don't go into it expecting Parasite, but it's very different, um, but it's, it works. I mean, the, it, it really nails it. Great storytelling from start to finish. If you can say nothing else about it, it's great storytelling from start to finish. So um, I think it's great. I'm happy it's here. It's not going to win, but I'm glad it's there. Uh, you haven't seen it, right? No, it's and that's that's one that like it's it's so much on my list to watch. I just need to find. It's and, three hours. It's the, a long time. The thing, I, hey, Oscars folks, come here, come here for a second. Why do you fucking have your award show in the heat of March Madness? Like, mm. what are we doing? What are we? What are we doing? What are we doing? 
Big mistake. What are we doing? How am I supposed to watch all of your movies while watching all of the March Madness games and then also watch the millions of shows that I'm in the middle of binging when the March Madness games aren't on? Like, what, what, what are we doing? There's too Be much a little content. bit better. I know. Thank, thank God Villanova won yesterday so we can record the pod today. Go Cats. Oh, um, my God. Yeah, go Cats. <laughs> go Cats. Um, but the last movie I really wanted to talk about is West Side Story. And I know we've already talked about it quite a bit, but I'm ready to make my best name that that movie is one actor short of being a masterpiece. Matt. Absolute, absolute masterpiece. He said it, and I agree. <laughs> and, and the actor that we're talking about is Ansel Elgort. Yeah, and again, we said it before, he's not bad. He just doesn't hold, he can't carry, he can't hold a candle to anybody else in the cast. The cast is probably one of the best ensembles I've ever seen, and many of them, it's their first film. Yeah, um, I was going to say, it's it's relatively unknowns yeah. in that movie. Like, and the most well-known actor in that movie is Corey Stoll, who it <laughs> took me 20 minutes to realize it was him. I forgot about him, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the way they just put it together and just, like, this sounds so cheesy, but, like, Steven Spielberg, like, br- br- had a breath of fresh air, put a breath of fresh air into this movie, and it just was so pleasing from start to finish, just visually like vocally audibly like whatever i i just i i I rarely call things a masterpiece but this is so close to being one and the only thing that fell short is on Ugward. i gave this movie a 95 out of 100 which is the highest rated movie of last year even over spider-man no way home believe it or not um and i would love if this movie won i don't think it will um, I, I think it, I th- honestly, I think it's poor box office performance really hurt it, which is, unfortunate. I think so too. It, it, it really deserved better. And I think it's getting a little bit more love now that it's streaming in actually two different places, but, um, watch this movie, people watch this movie and don't try not to compare it to the, the, the previous movie, um, and just enjoy it because it is a joy. Yeah. I, I think, I think it stayed in theaters too long. If it went to streaming quicker after being in theaters, it would be so much more well-respected. And what you just said, the fact that people are comparing it to the previous movie, this is a true adaptation of the Broadway play. So it took me a little bit to get that in my head of like, because yes, they shake up the order of the songs and who sings them and things like that. But if you know the play, you know, it's more true to that. Like um, the Officer Krupke song is by ensemble members of the jets not riff and cool is much earlier in the movie and it's by riff and tony instead of um fuck whatever is it like the main yeah icebox one of those and then uh i i loved the transverse of america for the next day after the the Mm. dance scene in a beautifully set piece designed well-lit colorful puerto rican new york like that just that fucking hit for me like after this dance i was like when are they gonna hit america when are they gonna do america when like where where is it and then like time went on and then it hit in the morning and i'm like this Mm -hmm. this is how you should see america like this is what that song should be yep that's that whole i mean the move the whole movie the movie as a whole did but that scene in particular just popped like I can't think of a better word. It just was vibrant. It was energetic. It was full of life, and just I, I loved it. And the whole movie from start to finish, and every Ariana DeBose was great. Everybody's great. We've already talked about them, but I just can't stop gushing about this movie. I I yeah. wish more people would see it. I wish it got more love. Um, I wish Rachel Zegler got the nomination, but uh, you know, that's it is what it is. But uh, that that was my favorite movie of 2021. 
it, it's not a that bad value bet right now at plus thirty five hundred. It's it's a long shot, but that's the third best odds to win. Yep. So take that how you will. Um, I know at the top I'd say we'd give Jordan's thoughts as we were I'm going, sorry, Jordan, and we <laughs> full on did not. So I'm gonna give his thoughts right now. He uh, uh, so I'll give kind of his picks for the, the awards that we talked about. Actor he gave to Andrew Garfield, directing Kenneth Branagh, actor in supporting role Kieran Hines, Belfast, um, Nicole Kidman for actress in a leading role, actress in a supporting role Kirsten Dunst, cinematography West Side Story, costume design Walt Nightmare Alley, original score he gave to Encanto, um, best picture Licorice Pizza. And he's a big documentary guy, so I'm going to give his his little shine here. Documentary feature, he had Flea. And then documentary short subject, he had Audible. Um, Sound, West Side Story, visual effects, Shang-Chi, adapted screenplay, Coda, original screenplay, Licorice Pizza. And then his general thoughts that I asked for are Picking with my heart for best picture director. I love Branagh with Belfast really enjoyed licorice pizza as you can tell, but I'm less confident. I think where I'd make my money is the supplemental picks like shorts, a- animated costume, etc. Kidman as Lucy was pure gold. JK Simmons made it and me as made it and me as hard as usual as a supporting actor. Uh, West side story, a lot of background nods, but comes up short with star power. Can't argue against that. Did it need it? Um, did it need didn't it? Didn't need it. I agree. Didn't need it. Documentary short subject was my hardest as the as because Audible and Queen of Basketball were so beautiful, but Kobe will remain better than Shaq and he will not win it. <laughs> uh so that's Jordan's picks. That's our picks. Um this this is this is one of my favorite episodes of the year because it's just we get to gush about movies for almost two hours here. Uh, you know, we said it was going to be a quick pod. I knew when I said that I was lying <laughs> in my teeth. Um, I, I feel like the, the listeners can just hear, feel our passion too. I they mean, can. Again, I could talk about these movies and movies in general with you for, for hours. So hours. I, I'm glad we're ending it here, but again, I could, I could keep going. So thanks we for having me going. on. We will, we'll, we'll come together again to talk about Batman. I know the Joker deleted scene just came out. So right. I, we do need to talk about that. I hope you, have you seen it again? Have you seen it the second time yet? I haven't yet. No. Okay. Uh, so I see um, it a second time before we yeah. talk about it. Yep. Um, I've been locked in my bedroom with COVID for the last week. So I, I need to, once I, once I'm free, I will, uh, <laughs> I will definitely go see that again. Right. Good job by you for, for locking yourself in. Um, We'll, we'll post our Oscar ballots on our social medias, on Three Walls, Instagram, things like that. 8 Eastern on Sunday. I know it's in the middle of March Madness. I know it's tough timing, but this, if you're a movie fan, you should watch the Oscars at least a little bit, see the pay tribute to the movies that came this year. And we kind of led with this, but it takes so much fucking work, effort, money, and sweat blood and tears to make a movie these days so this night is really a tribute to all of the movies that get made the shitty ones the like joke ones the parody movies the great movies things like that this is a celebration of movies in the past year i think this year was big for movies to come back into the general public because there was a lot of 
issues with theaters in the past year with COVID, things like that, things kind of shut down. I think now we're kind of getting back to a little bit of normalcy. Theaters are getting their power back. You know, blockbusters coming out. You had Spider-Man, you had Batman. We've got Doctor Strange coming up. You've got countless other movies coming in the next few months, next few years. So get back out to the theaters. It's still the best place to watch movies. Movies are the best thing about our culture, our arts, I would say, along with music. I don't know why I just got on my soapbox to talk about this. I shit. love it. I love but it. It it just it, it it fucking hits me. Like I love it when just my friends will be like, "Hey, Mike, have you seen this movie?" And then I'll go on a ten minute spiel about it, <laughs> and I'll be like, "So you liked it?" And then I'm like, "I'm like, yes, <laughs> but for all of those things, yeah. I don't care. I don't care that you caught like, oh yes, it was good. I'm going to give you my my thoughts on it. I know Spencer do the exact same way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just we just love movies. We just love them. It's yeah. It's the perfect. They're perfect. They're the best thing about it. Let's last comment. Circle back to what we talked about at the beginning. Like what we talked about. Um, like what what is this year in movies? Like what what are we doing here? And we talked about how it's like a lot of like the feelings for coming from COVID and and all that stuff. But I think overall, you kind of said it. Like this was this these movies are so personal this year. A lot of movies are very very personal. Um, and I think movies do that better than really any other art form, or at least give you the ability to do it better than any other art form. So um, support these movies, go see them in theaters, rent them, whatever you must do, um, and in- enjoy and enjoy the Oscars on on Sunday. Yeah, even if you don't see these movies, just watch movies. Just keep watching them. We need more movies. Go out to the theater, get that big fucking bucket of popcorn, get the nachos, get the extra cheese. If you like the salsa, do it. Get the pretzel bite, the Bavarian. A legend in <laughs> AMC. Don't say, I mean, Regal's fine, whatever. We're an AMC podcast. AMC, Get right. your MMs, everything like it. Go see movies. We love them. You guys love them. Spence, love you, bro. Thanks for coming on. Jordan, thanks for your thoughts. We miss you. You're not a true movie fan. It's it's a shame <laughs> to fucking say it, but you ju- you're just not, you're going to miss the Oscars. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be texting you play by plays about it. It's like, how big of a fan are you, really? It, it, it's whatever. I won't. I won't harp on it too much. You can come on and debate it. Whatever. Um, I get Spence. Thank you so much, man. Love you, bro. Everybody else. Cheers. Enjoy the Oscars. Go see more movies. Enjoy March Madness. Go Cats. Go Cats. Thanks, Mike.